When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211 Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Just before we get uh, into the meat of the matter, I had a message just in there now. We were talking yesterday about the arrival of our friends from Africa, the Swallows and the Martins. And listener on from Cullen to say, yes, Jerry spotted a pair of them in Cullen yesterday. So again today, if you've seen the Swallows of the early arrivals, let us know. Love to hear from you. They've been seen here and there through the North East, I can tell you. But if you've seen them, do uh, give me a shout. And the number's Today, if you want to join in the chat on the show, as usual, our 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658 or 1850 if you'd like to call in. We're going to hear today about the Giddy Box. We uh, continue the Roy Orbison story. How did he get the name, the big O? I'm going to tell you. A man who shares his home's his home with lots and lots of exotic animals. Paul Bath is joining us. We hear from a young UCD agricultural student from Toher. He has a great idea and he's developing it. He's diversifying his family farm and lots more besides. I'll be coming back. Uh, see the teachers, the unions have voted for industrial action. I have a little more to say on that and news on vitamin D as well. All to come on late lunch over the next couple of hours. But first today, he has more than 1.1 million fans on social media and for good reason. You see, Rory's stories have been among the best medicine to lift our spirits for years, but especially this last year in lockdown. However, for a number of weeks recently, Rory O'Connor has been offline and his followers were worried. Yes, there is another story and the man himself is on the line to tell me about it. Rory, afternoon again. Good man, Jerry. Good to hear from you. And great to have you with us on the show. There was real worry. I am not joking. I was keeping an eye on this as well. They were saying, what's happened to him? Where has he gone? There is a real serious reason, Rory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's, I suppose, because I've been so active since the, the, the start of the pandemic, you know, um, pretty much doing one a day on average for, for a year. And I suppose when you just, uh, you know, vanish off the internet, I would say people are probably wondering. But I suppose, yeah, um, I, I wasn't, I, I just didn't want to kind of tell people what was going on until I knew that my wife was kind of out of the woods, would say, with the COVID, because I'm a bit of a jinx myself and I don't didn't want to say anything until I knew that she was okay and she was home from the hospital. So that's kind of what the... 
the couple of weeks' absence was anyway. So Emma contracted COVID and a, a serious bout of it, R- Rory, to be hospitalised. Yeah, so um, it came on, a, actually Paddy's Day night, it just came on a, with like a ton of bricks with, um, I suppose, like just all the symptoms and we, we straight away were like, oh jeez, I think this could be, you know, that and we were kind of blaming the Irish weather. Emma was out painting the fence two days previous and, you know, it went from kind of nice and warm to freezing and, you know, the way you'd blame that kind of game yeah. or whatever, but I think she knew herself and, yeah, so she got the test done and, and she was positive and then we all got tested and then uh, Lucy, the, the baby, was the only other one who had the COVID as well. So um wasn't ideal. Like Emma and Lucy had to try and stay away from the rest of us in the house. But you know, when you have a toddler who wants his mommy, like it's obviously not easy to do. And then she just got worse and we had to ring an ambulance for her there um, one of the days to come and bring her off. And um, yeah, scary time. Um, obviously, Emma had not worried about her and then being left with three kids and barely able to manage myself. But uh, yeah, thankfully we're over the worst of it now. Like. How would you be able to post anything, Sushu? I didn't know what end of me was up for the days uh, in question. But look, at uh, as well as that, you know, with the restrictions or having it, hospital, you had three small children. Not an easy time, really worrying. No, and 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 to be honest with you, like uh, um, I lasted, I lasted a day and a half, um, and like I'd never be one to admit kind of needing help, like you know, like at uh, uh, that time, you know, I would, and obviously with my my addiction and struggle, I did a few years ago. But in general, I kind of be a typical man, like not willing to accept. But but to be honest, with you, it was just getting too much for me because my eldest Ella was burnt out trying to help me and she's only eight and Zach was two and a half dying to go out on his tra- his um, scooter out I couldn't bring him out and Lucy was a newborn and I was trying to wear a mask around Lucy sanitise my hands and I just um, I just rang my dad and I said dad I don't know what I'm going to do here and my parents couldn't help at that moment because the COVID so we got on to, um, I think it's on Slange, Ireland, they're like a, a, a quick COVID test. And this lovely fella, Felix, came out to the house and he gave us the, the quick COVID test because we needed to know who has COVID. So we all got tested and I was positive, unfortunately, straight away, but the two kids were definitely negative. So it gave us an option. So I rang my parents and they were comfortable to take Zach out of the equation for a few days. Yeah. and. And between both grandparents and Emma's parents, they, they kept them away for the 10 days. So um, that was a massive help, obviously. So it was just myself, Lucy and Ella then for the week. And I could manage that. Like, that wasn't... Mm. I probably changed more nappies in that week than I changed another two put together, I'd say, Jerry put that way. You have a great uh, appreciation for that good woman of yours, certainly after this whole episode. But look, I, I don't mean to laugh. It's a very serious situation in the family, just not your wife. She's in hospital. Anyway, she did come through and she's back home now. She's back home since last Wednesday. So a week ago today, she got home. So, um, yeah, like getting there, like, you know, she's... She has. She doesn't feel up to going for much of a walk around um, at the minute, just energy-wise. And that's the thing, I'm sure a few people listening probably got the COVID, and it's a funny old dose. Obviously, you can get a very extreme, which is dreadful, and people have lost their lives to COVID. You can get no symptoms and anything in mm-hmm. between, where even with myself, like, I wouldn't have it as bad as Emma, but I definitely got got fairly uh, taken back. Like, you kind of think you're grand, Jerry, and then all of a sudden you just have to sit down, like, your energy's gone, and you get these bad headaches. So it's it's a, it's a dose you don't really want to be getting, you know. Um, and, and, but 
at the same time, I'm all for lifting restrictions uh, over the next few weeks. You know, I have went all anal on it now because it's been in the family. And yes, that was a very scary time, but I do fear we do need to move forward. But people just need to be careful and just just don't be, you know, you know, just get, do what you have to do, but just be aware that it's still in society now because um, it is a thing you don't really want at your doorstep because it's an unpredictable kind of a dose you don't know what way it'll take you know yeah yeah and I hear what you're saying and I understand I research out yesterday that especially for outdoor activities the likelihood of contracting it are absolutely minuscule so we have this uh, beginning of uh, the lifting especially with outdoor stuff starting again sport and things like that and you're right Rory we have to still do the things we've always been asked wear the mask wash the hands keep the distance keep those things going at the same time yeah, exactly. Like, uh, just just be smart about yeah. it, you know. But 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 no. Uh, again, like, and I can speak because I, I've seen, I've stared, I've stared down the eye cover with, with how much it, it kind of struck Amber. But I'm just looking at the bigger picture, and like, I, I still can't figure out why golf courses haven't been opened up now. Personally, myself, I just mm. don't understand how why why they're delaying that because a lot of people, golf is a great outlet for people, you know, to yeah. get out of the house and and get a bit of exercise and. You know, young people going back playing sport. I, I genuinely am a big believer in that. I think it's vital for for their development, for social end of things, and keeping them out out uh, out of wrong wrong road. You know what I mean, Jerry? And that's that's like I know myself personally. With, with my story, sport was very important to me during then crucial two teenage years to keep me kind of away from the the ball corner, if you want to call it. So that's why I think we 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 have to just move forward with with underage training and. And as you said, just 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 be mindful, you know. Just just have a little bit of cop on when we go back into the norm again, you know. Yeah, I I, I can't reconcile it because you know I do a good bit of fishing myself. I do play golf also, but fishing is back uh, within five kilometres of where you live, and I, I know that for a fact. And it's a similar thing to the golf. It doesn't add up to me either why people can't play golf. But here's the thing: you mentioned uh, youngsters and sport. I saw you tweeting there uh, back to the Fermanagh Miners. They have a lovely campaign going, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, and I'm loving seeing it. Like, um, basically, uh, mental health matters is, is what they're pushing. And Mark McHugh, the, the ex Donegal footballer, I think, is, as far as I know, he's either manager or selector of them, and he got on to me and a few others to kind of uh, raise awareness. So, but it, listen, as I said before, and I said it this time last year, one thing I'm, 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 I'm definitely looking on the positive of this pandemic is mental health is going to be. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot more in the forefront because people, I find people are, are, are more comfortable talking about their mental health now mm. because it's too hard to say everyone's grand nowadays when it's not like, you know, yeah. you're only cutting yourself if you think everyone's grand because, you know, you meet people out for your daily walks and, and they're finally saying, oh, Jason, fed up with this and I don't know how much it can last. And But that's good. I'd, I'd rather they said that to me rather than saying, oh, she does, it's been a crack in her Sarah, what can you do? And you know, Asher, there's a bit of crack, and like, that's, like you know, you're lying to yourself. So it's nice to hear people just being out straight when you ask them how's the farm, rather than just saying they're grand when they're not grand. You know, and that's mm. one thing I hope we'll learn from this pandemic is that when you are having bad days, that you'll, you'll be able to talk about it rather than just putting on the mask and letting on to everyone's hunky dory. You know. Yeah, very good point. It's not minor; it matters. Is the name of the campaign? It's a great old catchphrase as well from Fermanagh Miners, and great to see you endorsing it as well. Hey, you didn't get forty-three Easter eggs, did you? 
Well, I tell you, the way that children are spoiled these days, there's Easter eggs coming from everywhere. It's nearly yeah. going to get out it's knocking a few doors and leave them there at <laughs> the front door because I end up eating them, Jerry, and I struggle with my weight in the best time. So an Easter egg with a cup of tea now would, wouldn't be long gone with me. So I'd rather see the end of them now. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. He is confirming. He got a, a, a load of Easter eggs for the Easter time. Yeah, look, at it is. It's over the top at this stage. They do get an awful lot. I remember in my day, if I got one or a second one, I'd be absolutely delighted. Hey, another thing I was to say to you, you are back and he is online again, folks. You um, put up a very interesting one about uh, hoping, you know, and we're all in in the same boat, really, that we can socialise again. And it may be outdoors initially. (laughs) I love uh, the way you put it, the hot and the cold, you know, the outdoors. One minute you're beside this heater and the next minute you're in uh, polar regions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The good old uh, the smoking area in Ireland, yeah. you know, you, you, I just remember from say Kelly's Bar there in Ashburn, the lounge there out the back there. There's it's a great place for the crack, like especially around the kind of Christmas time. But as I said, if you sit underneath the heater, you fairly know about it, and then you go to the bar and it's Baltic like and back to your seat. But we were complaining a bit about that now, but oh, James, I don't want to stick too, too close to that heater. But James, we'd all love to sit under the heater now and let, <laughs> let it burn the head off. <laughs> That seems like a dream now compared to what we've been through, like, you know? It does, Rory, it really does. But look, you've been so prolific. You mentioned it there at the start through the pandemic as well. You're up there all the time and you really do press the right buttons. Where does all... I, I asked you this before. Where does it come from? Where do you, you know, get what you put out there? I go like that's a million dollar question I get asked and to be honest with you, it, it's it's what I've learned because I'm doing videos since 2014 like and like to be honest with you like and that's the human mind for you when you sit down and try and think you know the writer's block is, is very I just go out and about with my business and I could be out and about and I could be chatting to Jerry Heller chatting to whoever and I go Jesus that's a great idea for a video and I go home and I write it down and like, even there now, I, I was back on the horse there this morning and made a video of the, the um, taking the mickey out of the hotel quarantine between our, our, um, Australia and Ireland, which I only posted there about an hour ago, and just showing that the COVID was really compared to Australia. They're very no messing, and I don't even think you can open a window in Australia in the hotel room and should we people escape and being caught down and lock ray at checkpoints like sure Jesus Christ like they're making a comedian's job easy like you know there's not you just have to look at the news Jerry and like the only regret well I have a few regrets but during the lockdown is the dubs got away with murder with me during the being caught train and I would have went to town and them boys now if I wasn't in, in isolation like I had a few sketches of a mead man or a male man up in a ditch with binoculars and a camera and emailing it off here independent but it's too late now but the dubs get off lightly down with that one they did it's an awful pity you weren't on the rampage may I suggest there's a crowd called teachers do you know these people do you know teachers you know oh, any yeah, teachers, yeah. do you? They weren't my biggest fan growing up, but there's a few good ones anyway, yeah. Ah, well, Rory, I'm just giving you a little nudge there. You know what I mean? Have a look at that whole thing, would you? And maybe you'd consider giving us a, a Rory story based on the shenanigans at the teachers' conferences that are going on at the moment. I'll leave that one with you. You're, 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 you're a better man than me to, to work away on that one. But look, I do want to say to you, and I, I mean this seriously, You've been marvellous, and I've heard so many people reference you, you know, and you know, I know we're not meeting up, but people phone me and they mention you in the call that, the, you know, you gave them a lift in their day. And I think that's just a marvellous tribute. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And, like, I suppose 
like my attitude from the get-go like when this started like over a year ago was you know the doctors the nurses are all frontline workers and they're working harder than they ever had because that's the profession and like like I'm a comedian by trade and my job is to make people laugh so I just felt it's my duty to instead of sitting on my hands giving out but not them to do any live shows let's just you know up the tempo here and, and I, I, I never imagined I'd make as much content as I did but yeah, I felt a little bit of pressure, you know, from people coming on Jeez Roy without the videos. I don't know. And, like, yeah, like, I, you know, probably shouldn't have put as much pressure. But at the end of the day, like, it, it, it doesn't take too much time. And if there's one person in isolation somewhere in the country that's feeling very low and they watch the video and that gives them a lift, well, then, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So, um, you know, I enjoy doing them. And, like, I've, I've the local postman Neil Doherty there who's been very strong on him as well he plays a guard a lot of time very sound man he helps me out an awful lot these days and me, my father and my 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 wife is obviously and Ella the kids and it's kind of a whole kind of a Mrs. Brown's boys family affair kind of uh, buzz clip well listen I enjoy doing it and, and, and people enjoy them and that's, that's kind of all that matters you know Well one person you have you know this yourself well over a million people who follow you and love what you do as well and you've helped countless people I want to say Rory this past uh, year and I want to say uh, again today before we uh, we leave uh, this conversation uh, best wishes to Emma and to yourself and everybody and thanks for being so honest and you know putting it out there you know how you found yourself in the situation you did with COVID and keep on doing what you're doing you're brilliant yeah no I, I appreciate that and it's just funny how you said it because I feel that there, there's always been a stigma with COVID. It's it's like the plague, and people are afraid mm. to tell anyone that they have the COVID. And like in my opinion, it's Jesus Christ. Like you didn't go in and rob a bank. Like you just you got this virus that's community transmitted at the minute. You can pick it up in the shop. So I wouldn't anyone who does get COVID is feeling a bit you know, down or whatever, because you have it. Jesus, that's a wrong attitude to have. It's, it's not your fault. And that's why I put it out there. I, I, I could have just let on that, oh, I wanted a break. But I said, no, I'm going to tell people the crack because I know people that might, you know, have COVID or, have, you know, and people have gotten sick and they might feel guilty. No one's to blame with this pandemic. It's just this virus that we're fighting. So don't be ashamed of it. If you do get it or you know someone that get it, it's a typical Irish thing to do, but don't, like, you know, it's grand, yeah. like, you know, it is what it is, like. It certainly is. And you are what you are. Rory Stories, check them out. There's a new one there in the last hour, his latest release. Go check it out, folks. Rory O'Connor, as always, you're a great friend. Wish you well. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Pleasure. Mind yourself. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Rory O'Connor there from Rory Stories. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, short break. Stay with us. Thank you for your messages. Keep them coming to me on the show this afternoon. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me directly here to studio or 1857-15958 if you'd like to call in. The old phone is there still. Yes, Jerry, we spotted swallows at Oldbridge House two weeks ago. Wow. That must have been the earliest of early arrivers or arrivals. Yes, I saw them one year. I was fishing with Ken down on Loch Lane and it was March time. And I remember they came in just one afternoon out of the blue. And that was March. It's tough on them in this cold weather to survive with food. It certainly is. It's unseasonal, the cold at the moment. Uh, Jerry, Rory has lifted me today. He's so natural. He's like running water, a breath of fresh air. Thanks, Rory, says a listener. No name on that one. It's not a lovely message. There you are. You've just lifted the spirits of one person today. 
but Rory would lift lots of spirits. He, he really would. Were you watching Home of the Year last night, the final? Any fans out there of Home of the Year? I am, and uh, you may recall, I spoke to Hugh Wallace before the series began. Uh, the uh, chief judge, now he's there the, He's there since the beginning of the show a number of years ago. Two new judges with him this year. But you know what? I was absolutely delighted the little artisan cottage in Dublin won. I, re- I, I watched it, uh, I watched each of the shows along the way and when I saw that back when it uh, appeared first I thought to myself you're my one. And there were beautiful homes, uh, 21 of them and uh, a couple here in the northeast as well but Jen Sheehan's uh, job she did on that cottage, oh my word, so tiny, so small and it just shows you, you don't have to build a mansion or live in a mansion. I always said you only need one tile in a bathroom and bit of place to cook your food and maybe another small place. Well, she's really optimised the space that she had in that little place there and it was absolutely beautiful and thrilled that she won it last night. It's a great series, that. I often say that Orty makes some wonderful, wonderful stuff. They really do. And that show is one of those that really stands out. And congratulations to Jen Sheehan and the team, Hugh and all of the team, on delivering wonderful uh, TV again this year. It was uh, lovely to see that win for the little home. So all three teachers' unions are going to vote for, uh, hold a ballot for industrial action to be vaccinated. That's just heard it there with Simon on the news. What do you think? I I was thinking about this last night after our chat about it on the show yesterday and I've spoken to some friends overnight and uh, I have to say I thought Norma Foley, the minister, was excellent at the conference yesterday and she says it wasn't about, you know, status or where people stood in the the equation at all, you know, or, or, you know, favouring somebody over a different group or organisation as well. But the message I got yesterday to the show, just to paraphrase it again from a listener to say that, you know, vaccinating teachers in the immediate, in the short term now, well, they're going on the holidays. Teachers are going to be on the holiday shortly. They won't be in class. And I was thinking about that last night. And I think that's the best analysis of this. I've received this is a lot of do about nothing to be honest with you. All teachers will be vaccinated by return to school next September. That's when you hear the number of doses coming, the millions there that are coming to the country, that will happen on this age basis, decreasing down from the oldest to the youngest. That will happen. That is going to happen now. And you know, vaccinating picking teachers out to vaccinate them in the short term. When school's out for summer shortly, they won't have protection. You don't get immediate protection or full protection until you have the second jab, which can be a number of weeks later. So just let the thing happen. Don't have a ballot. There's no need to have a ballot. This is nonsense in the extreme. It really is total nonsense, a waste of time. I just hope there's not something else on the teachers' unions' minds or agenda perhaps down the road. We'll see. But as I said again yesterday, if you want somebody to prioritise, it's people in retail and delivery and people who are dealing with thousands and thousands of different people every day. They are the ones, in my book, that should be prioritised. If you have an opinion, always love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Now, joining me is uh, a student of agriculture at UCD. He also farms with his dad in Toher County Louth where he's diversifying into an aspect of the poultry business more by necessity than design. I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Adam Hanrity. Hello, Adam. 
Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Your your fifth generation is it of the of the family there in farming? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh look, we're, we're farming years now. Um, we're a small sheep farm just just outside Tower and Drumcar area. So we are. Um, yeah, I, I um, my father's still farming. They were lambing at the minute, and uh, I always had an interest. I I decided to do agricultural science in UCD there. Um, after leaving cert and um, just to see where I go, you know, so I have the interest so I've been there. Yeah, and you're in your second last year now. You've one more year to do in UCD. One more year, yeah, yeah. And the third year now, we're just um, I'm out in placement at the minute um, for this semester. I'm in Deeside Agri at the minute, uh, walking crops with the agronomist there, so very good. Okay, and, and in UCD, you're studying what? Uh, crop production and animals. Is it animal welfare or animal care? Or? Yeah, the, well, the degree the, the degree is at agricultural science, and then my major is in animal and crop production, yeah. So, oh, good. Uh, it's split into four, so, so that's the one I chose. I thought it was the most broad, and you get to learn the most out of it, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, uh, sheep is the business. How many ewes have you on the farm? Oh, we've we've about two hundred and fifty ewes now lambing this year. Um, so so it's busy enough now. Mm. Um, we started lambing there about two weeks ago now. So it's uh, it's the busy time of year. Yeah, now. of course. I'm say, say you're getting little sleep. Well, that's it. Yeah, no. Look, I, I do the three a.m. shift. Uh, my father does the rest, so it's not too bad on me. Yeah. Um, only a couple of hours at night time. And uh, as regards lambing, uh, are there many twins, triplets, or what's the run, you know, of of uh, the norm? Is it normally one lamb per uh, yo or what? Yeah, well, each farm each farm would be different. Um, we scanned in on 1.87 this year, uh, uh, lambs per yo. So, yeah, we're, we're very close to twins, um, mostly, um, mm. which is where you want it. You don't really want too many triplets because the yo only has two... Um, to feed them and then singles obviously the, the the sheep's not working at max production then so yeah you, you want twins yeah, yeah yeah that's the ideal so a good a good hit there you're almost on the two on average so that so that's certainly good from their born now and you're lambing around this time um they feed with the mum of course and then they go out on the spring early summer grass how, you know how long how long do you keep them for how long before they travel on from the farm and uh, they enter the food chain well, we do actually finish our own uh, on-farm, so I suppose that, yeah, they'll be out to the field straight away um, now, and, you know, the earliest them will, will be starting to be sold probably probably the end of July, August, September time. Okay. So lamb, then, is good, just in general sense. Lamb is very good right through the year, then, of the year in question. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, it, it'll be earlier as well, and we, we, mm. we should have some earlier, but... Um, we we do lamb late, particularly I suppose the the fellas that were lambing early January they they'd have their Easter lamb now. Yeah. But look, it, it's a it's a it's a, a lovely meat and it's always in demand. There's always sale for lamb. So yes, no, it's, it's it's doing well now. I have to say I like it a little later in the summer when they've had time on the grass and uh, that type of thing. I think it really does add to it. Anyway, look, you, uh, sheep is the is the mainstay of uh, the farm there, and your dad is the man who's full time at it. And you you give him a dig out any hour you have available. I want to say hello to Damien, your dad, this afternoon because he's probably uh, tuned in. So Somewhere. But look at you and uh, poultry. Take me back. Your granny started you down this road. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I always had an interest in, in poultry. Um, when I was 
10, uh, I used to, you know, just be talking about them and, and, and saying that I wanted to get a few for the garden. So Granny took me and she bought four hens for me um, um, and a wee coop. Mm. So that's what started me off. Um, I, I I had the eggs there and I used to sell her back the, the eggs at the weekend. <laughs> Good man. Give me a few, a few pounds at the weekend for the eggs and... and, and yeah, the rest, yeah. <laughs> oh, you have the business head on you. The granny got you going and then you charged her for the eggs. Well done to you. I, I admire you for that. You'd certainly have the business <laughs> acumen in you for sure. But look, it grew That's from it. there. You, you, you got more and you were producing more eggs and selling them. And the point I want to come to, obviously you're, you're turning over and you, you need new, younger hens to arrive and, you know, keep it going like that. That's what's really presented a business opportunity for you now, a new business opportunity. Well, that was it, yeah. My granny, she told people about the eggs and there is a taste difference when it comes from the garden, you yeah. know. And uh, I decided I needed more hens, um, by the, same, by the time I was 14, I think I had about 22 hens. Mm. Um, and again, I wanted more. But they were very hard to get. Um, myself and my grandfather, we had to go to Westmead to get some. Yeah. And look, we weren't too... <laughs> they weren't great um, hens. You know, need to be looked after well from day one. They need to be fed well. Um, like these ones were underfed, say, and they took longer to lay or whatever. So the following year, I decided, why not buy some um, from Dales? Mm. So they, they, I, got, I bought in 100 and I reared them myself. And um, whatever I did want for the eggs, I decided to sell um, on Dundee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it grew from there and it started from there. Um, I've been doing it since, really. Uh, so then it was it was probably about two years ago now, it, it started to really pick up. Um, lots of people have an interest in, you know, getting getting the hens in the garden. Um, and I couldn't I couldn't actually keep up with demand. Right. So um, it was then when I, when I decided to start my, my company, uh, Northeast Poultry. So what you're doing now is you're producing your own chicks. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm rearing chicks and, and, and producing them myself. Uh, I have up, up, up on eight breeds at the moment, um, and up for, from brown laying hens, white laying egg hens, uh, and and blue eggs uh, laying hens. Okay. So um, it's it's doing well. Uh, anyone who who wants hens in the garden, say, um, to to have fresh eggs right from their own house, um, I do I do sell the hens, the coops, the drinkers, the feeders, the feed, everything for them. Um, and and it's not just customers around Loud. It's it's all over all over the country as well. And mm. um, I had to go to to go to to spots around the country, like in Westmead or whatever, mm. um, and meet customers there and and sell them there as well. So you're flying. It really has taken off. And as you say, you couldn't keep up with demand. And there is a demand for this round the country. You know yourself, more people have tuned into this, as you said, having a few hens in your back garden, keeping them and your fresh eggs right through the year. It's a fantastic thing to do. And there's a big growing interest in it. So now you're at the point where you had a shed, I believe, uh, on the, the, the premises down there, one shed. You're looking at expanding now. Yeah, well, well, I'm going to have to, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be working out of a shed that, that hasn't been used, so, um, yeah, we're looking into 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 
bordering the, the yard and putting up a new shed uh, purpose built for the for the poultry rearing. Um, but yeah, the, the, people are seeing it. There, there is a huge difference in in the eggs from the supermarket and the eggs from your back garden. Mm. Um, like even the yolk, the, the yolk in an egg, it does be orange, like real rich orange. Yes. Uh, red from a garden, but but in the supermarket it's more of a yellow. Yeah, a little paler. That's that's true, and there's no denying that. I I know it myself, and there is a huge difference in it. But you're not alone supplying, you know, domestic use. There's a demand, isn't there, in the business of poultry as well for what you're doing. Well, that's it as well. So so I uh, about a year ago, um, I started offering contract rearing for you know uh, food producers around the country. What I do is, I, I, again, I, I, I get, uh, I have the chicks as day olds. I do rare them on you know, pint of lays, you know, around 15, 16 week olds. And I do sell them then to to, cust- to customers with farm to fork companies. Mm. Um, so one, for example, there um, I had up on Facebook, you can see um, three weeks ago, I reared some for a farm to fork company called Shanua Farm in the... Uh, in Baileyborough, yeah, and what they are is they're just they're a small small farm um, just outside Baileyborough, and they have built a chicken tractor. It's it's just a trailer uh, modified into a, a, a large chicken coop. They have a pen around the coop. Um, all three hundred hens have fresh grass every day. The trailers move every day, and they produce lovely, tasty eggs. They have loads of space and. Um, and then the customers can come and buy them and sell them eggs off the, off the Chanel family. Yes. They know where they're coming from. They can see the hens. So, it, it. so the ethical aspect of this, Adam, is important to you? Well, I think so. You know, food, food traceability is huge now. It's growing so much. And, you know, with the country going greener and more sustainable... Um, knowing where your food came from is the way forward. I think um, even with the with the Smith's Farm in Dromiskin that we seen open last week, yep. we teamed up with them with a, a giveaway prize actually last weekend. Mm. But you know, y- you see the cows, you can buy it straight from the farm, and it's the same idea with the eggs. Um, you see the hens, you know where it's coming from, and and you can get to talk to the people, and it's real people. Yeah. that you're buying off, you know. I love this, and this is the way to go, and you know this, the way agriculture will have to change its spots in the years to come, and you're part of that new movement now. Yes, I spoke to Smiths on the show last week uh, when the milk went on sale. It's fantastic as well. Back to the studies and UCD, uh, have you found it a little odd? You know, you were in college for the, the first part, and then the last year you're uh, at home studying as well. Was that a challenge? Well, it was. It was a challenge, yeah, Um Look, it's something that we all had to do. Uh, I, I would have been a fan of studying in the library or whatever, but um, we had to we had to go home and, and study from there. It, it just had to be done, but mm. um, I didn't mind too much. We got through it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Every you just have to adapt and get on with it. What do you see? Do you mind me asking you this? Like you're going to be finished in a year time. Do you see this road you're going down with the poultry as being something you'd like to develop, or have you other plans? Do you want to travel? What do you want to do beyond uh, the finishing of, of your studies? Look, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't close any doors or turn anything down. I do have a passion for what I've started here now. Um, it is growing, but I, I wouldn't turn down travelling and mm. looking into possibly doing a master's in poultry science in Scotland. Right. Uh, but I'm hoping to get a bit more experience in 
more so the industry with uh, Chagas, a uh, uh, poultry advisor called Rebecca Tierney, um, later in the summer. So I, I, I'll see from there. Uh, but, um, uh, there's plenty more time, but yeah. the, the, the company it, it is growing. You know, there's a, there's a demand there. Um, as as we said about the farm to fork, there's more and more people starting it. Um, there's actually local men starting it as well. I'm sure you'll hear very soon that I I, I have hens there in the pipeline for them. Yeah. Um, and then with, it's not just the hens as well. I'm I'm, uh, I'm rearing the geese um, for for Christmas goose and turkeys as well, um, broiler hens for the meat, and they're all going to be producing them as well yeah. um, on their farms um, to go straight to the fork, you know. So, so look, it, 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 um, I wouldn't turn anything down. Uh, who, who knows where it'll go? Yeah, and, and like turkeys, as we know at the moment, you can only get the, the day-olds that all come in from the UK. You know that there's a huge opportunity here in Ireland? Yeah, well, that's it. Um, you know, it's all it's all gone very industrial, and, and the UK are leading the way in that. But um, but we have a bit of catching up to do. But I think we can do it. Um, get, having our own sustainable turkeys and and growing them ourselves on the on the farm, you know, yeah. and free range and all. Absolutely, you're a great fellow. I uh, admire you, and uh, you're only at the start of this wonderful adventure. And congratulations on Northeast Poultry Ireland. Check them out, folks. They're on uh, all across social media there, especially on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can pick them up there uh, and see what they're all about. If you're interested in some hens for your back garden or more, besides our talking to Adam, I wish you well with your venture and your studies and wherever life takes you. Thank you for joining me, much. Adam, today. Thank you, now. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Adam Hannity there from Toher in County Loud. Great young fella. You'd be encouraged by that, wouldn't you? One for the future, for sure, like many, many others as well. 1980, from the album Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, David Bowie, his second UK number one. I absolutely love it. Love Bowie, he was just a real talent, wasn't he? Bernadette, thanks for your message. Jerry, did you lose any weight walking and being off the alcohol for the 40 days and nights? Do you know what, Bernadette? <clears throat> I don't think I did, to be honest. I don't carry much weight anyway, never had in my whole life. Uh, lucky, really lucky with that one. But I don't think I have because, you see, I suppose I was drinking the old Fentiman's Coke. <laughs> I love the Coca-Cola and Fentiman's ones, lovely beautiful and probably eating a little bit more as well so I'd say I stayed around about the same to be honest with you Bernadette thanks for inquiring uh, but I did I'll tell you what happened to me over the weekend folks I had to I'm on a course of antibiotics the simplest and stupidest thing that ever happened to me last Monday week I was in the garden sure I'm always in the blimping garden rooting at this that and the other but I got a thorn into my finger and I get many thorns in my hands because I don't use the gloves generally and I left it be and I felt it a bit sore but the Wednesday, that was of last week on the run into Easter, I felt a little bit jippy. Anyway, Thursday I saw it and I got a, a sterilised needle and I took the little thorn out. <laughs> oh, by Friday and into Saturday, finger, hand like a balloon. And uh, went to the pharmacist and they said, can't help you here, you may ring the doc. So I had to ring the doc on call Easter Saturday. 
and fair juice them. They were fantastic. So I had to go on an antibiotic to stop the infection spreading and uh, I'm still on them and I'm feeling queasy with the blimmin' antibiotics. I really am. I have to take 10 days of them. Now, thank God, everything is right in itself. Now, I've been stooping it in hot water and giving it a little touch to take the stuff out of it and it's coming back to normal now, thank God. But these antibiotics have me stomach ripped out of me. Any Anything I can do to help counter... I have to take them for 10 days. They told me I must finish the course, but a thorn, a t- and the tiniest little thing you ever saw in your life. I'll never disregard them again, I have to say. Anyway, I haven't had much alcohol since I was supposed to. I could go back on it. I think I had one bottle over the weekend and that was the height of it. I didn't have the taste for it. But there you are. I'm a little upset in the old tummy with the antibiotics. If anyone out there has a tip, I know milk is good and I have a bit of yoghurt as well I'm trying to take to counteract it. But I've never felt as queasy with antibiotics in my life. And I've taken them many times as I am at the moment with it. So if you have any tips or hints at all to counteract, I'd appreciate your assistance. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Don't worry if you have nothing to help me with. But if you have a little tip, I'll take it. I will take it to help with this. want to say a big thank you as well. To Wiggy from Castle Bellingham. Thank you so much. Uh, Eamon Doyle passed me on your kind donation for Slab. They're still coming in, folks, the money. It really is. And to Pat and Mary Conlon. Got your wonderful contribution today, Pat and Mary. Thank you so much. And I know it rang a bell with you. You realised who Nadia was. But I've got it and all will be passed on to the Vavro family and Slav. Thank you again for all of your kindness. Nikki Smith has just dropped in a wonderful donation. Thank you so much, Nikki, to yourself and everybody at Smith's on the North Road and Drawhead. It really is appreciated and we'll go to Slav and Navia directly. Great, great people. Uh, the uh, antibiotic situation, uh, you're so good to me. You really are. Uh, what's happened there to say, Jerry? you got to take live yoghurt with the antibiotics uh, thank you indeed Paula from Smarmore hello Paula nice to hear from you this afternoon my mother-in-law Jerry swears by natural yoghurt if she's taking antibiotics take it Jerry it'll help you uh, John's been on from Navin Jerry if the finger's on the mend I'd stop the tablet you'll feel better John they tell me not to, that I have to take the blimmin course you know what I mean that uh, it's not right if you don't finish them out but there you are thanks indeed for your kindness more messages coming to me there as I speak speak and now my next guest he simply loves animals to the extent that he shares his home with a menagerie of them paul bath began rehoming animals some years ago and subsequently turned his passion into a business called paul's pet parties but with parties a no-go for more than a year now how is he and his collection of co-inhabitants cohabitants getting on paul hello again Jerry, how are you? I'm really, really good. You know something, you were on our minds for a while here on the show and Louise said to me, we've got to chat to Paul and see how he's getting on. Well, tell us, it's affected everybody. I'm sure it's affected you and those wonderful creatures you live with. Jerry, it, it, has, it has affected both me and the animals and, and, and to see the animals, like, the, 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 the loss that the animals have alone in the interaction with humans and, and, uh, it, it's amazing to see, like, uh, we had a vet who done a, uh, she done a home visit here for us to make sure everything was okay regarding the upkeep and all of the animals. And that was one of the, in her report afterwards, it was one of the, uh, she pointed out that the interaction that the animals had was a good stimulation for them. So, like, that's a part of their life that has gone with this 
pandemic. It's 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 very difficult, you know. Yeah, isn't that very interesting? Difficult. Because we'd say, you know, with your party business, and you were in demand, and children loved them, and the education and experience they got from it. But there you are. It's working the other way round as well. The creatures missed the attention and, and the interaction. And look at the uncertainty is ferocious, isn't it? As well, you don't know where you're going, yeah. do you? Well, this this is like this has been going on for us, Jerry, since the 14th of March last year is when we actually uh, closed down with the with the government regulations. Mm. And here we are now in April, a uh, year later, and uh, they're not knowing uh, what's going to happen or when we can open up or when people can meet. Like it's a difficult time for everybody, not just for me, for everybody. Like regarding this pandemic, and again, that that's unknown. What can we do now? Both me as a little business and plenty of other businesses all over all over Ireland. Yeah, they're having the same issues. They are. Like now, you're making preparation, though. Tell me about this gazebo. Well, <laughs> uh, there's there's somebody I know, and uh, I have to give him his dues. When the pandemic first broke out, he knocked at me door one day and he and uh, he offered help whatever way he could because he knew what we were doing and uh, we didn't we didn't at the time we kind of done nothing but you know I was talking to him a few a few times over the year and uh, he made us an offer of giving us a hand in uh, getting getting a gazebo for to be able to do outdoor events when the time is right. Great. And hey, presto, today hmm. we now have a 4.5 by 3 metre gazebo fully printed up with Paul's Pet Parties and uh, the logo. It's absolutely fabulous looking and without that man's help, we wouldn't have that. Ah, oh, that's a real act fabulous. of kindness. Fabulous. Well done fabulous. to him. And now you're, look, look, you're, you're looking forward now and you're ready to go. Tell me this because you have so many and we'll talk about this in a moment. How are you faring out with feeding all the the mouths you have there to feed? <laughs> again, 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 like that's that's kind of, uh, it's a tricky area. You know, they all, all the different, the ref, from the reptiles to the parrots, uh, it's all different type of food to, we have guinea, a, a few guinea pigs, uh, like, and it's all different types of foods that need it. Again, it's something that we have to supply. You can't tell these guys, listen, with no food because of a pandemic. Mm. Uh, these guys have the they have the mouths open daily. Uh, they 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 require their 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 whatever whatever food they actually eat from parrots to the sea to fruit from uh, live crickets to uh, some other uh, eat rodents and stuff like that. So it's it's constant and vegetables constantly. You know, keeping our larders full for all these guys. You know, it's it's again it's part of keeping them. Yes. But you've done it. You've done it. It's been a challenge. You've done it. You've stepped up to the mark. Now, look at. I do know. Let me read out this list for listeners so they understand the extent of your family. You had, I know, uh, I spoke to you in the past about this. You had parrots, lizards, snakes, uh, giant hissing cockroaches, chinchillas, iguanas, water dragons, hedgehogs, tortoise, stick insects, dogs, spiders, and giant toads. Are any of them gone absent, or have you still that collection? Well, we have, we still have uh, the majority of the collection. Okay. We have, uh, we have a few new adi- new additions. We oh. have what's called a uh, a blue tongue skink, very interesting animal. 
Uh, we have a new parrot uh, who we have named Joe. Joe uh, is named after a, an old friend of mine who, who basically he was the one who I blame for starting all this. He gave me a budgie about six years ago. And uh, unfortunately, Joe has passed away since. And oh. um, we were recently uh, helped out by a friend of mine uh, with a new macaw parrot. So we have named it Joe. It's a green wing macaw. Uh, he will be a year old in August. And he's an absolutely fabulous bird. At the moment, we're trying to just train him up for being on people's shoulders and on their arms and stuff like that. And again, without having the parties, Jerry, to do some of this stuff, uh, everybody I meet when I bring him out for a walk, the minute they say he's lovely, before they know it, he's sitting on their shoulder. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Hey, I'm looking at a picture of a skink here. I wanted to get a, a feel for it myself. He's a lizard. Yes, he's a, he's a very small lizard with very short legs, as yeah. you can see. Yeah. His defense, the only defense that guy has on the planet is the blue tongue he has. Yes, I'm it's, looking at it. I'm looking at uh, it. That's yeah. his defence. Right. For any animals or any predators, he will uh, he will run away. As you can see with the size of the legs, he's not going to be the fastest fellow on the planet. No. But he will, uh, when he runs, he will stop, he will turn around and he flicks the tongue. Yeah. And the colour in the animal kingdom is what stops the animal that's chasing him. I see. And the animal will stop, and it gives him enough room, enough time to scoot. There you go. So blue is the colour, as the old Chelsea, as the Chelsea song used to sing many years ago. Blue is the colour. Um, tell me this, you've, uh, I believe, for all spider lovers out there, there's a new spider in town, yes? Yeah, we've we've a couple of new tarantulas actually. Whoa! We have what is a, a green bottle blue tarantula, which is absolutely fabulous creature. We have what's called a white knee tarantula, again fabulous creature, absolutely stunning. And these would be uh, a lot of spiders hide. These guys will stay out, and they uh, uh, you can watch them uh, again. Very very interesting guys. Uh, they're not. They're not venomous. They can give you a sting, mm. but like all uh, any any animal that can give you a sting, including bees, some people can be allergic to this, and they can have shocks and stuff like that from them. But these guys are not venomous to where they can uh, kill you or anything like that. You yeah, know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, uh, they're uh, so but again very interesting animals for us to have now. You know, yeah. looking forward to showing them to kids because again, kids love those. They love the hawks. Mm. You mentioned the the hissing cockroaches and the stick insects. Children love them. They do. And you know something I want to say to listeners? You are passionate about this, but the education, besides seeing them and experiencing them for the first time, but it's a real education, isn't it, Paul? Because young people are very keen on preserving this little globe that we all live on and all the creatures that inhabit it. We have, like, there's one child in the Bettystown area, and she has had us three years in a row at her birthday party mm. for for what she picks up regarding the animals. We've had plenty of other children. Uh, again, true, true information they have got from us and information that they picked up themselves. They have taken on animals themselves. Uh, we, we don't just speak about the animal. We speak about the housing of the animal, yeah. how to keep it, how to look after it. 
you know, we've done little videos which we have on our Facebook page uh, explaining how to clean your viv properly and uh, all these little tips that, that help kids do a good job of looking after animals because animals are out there. They're out there for to be looked after and if you're going to have them, you have to look after them well. You know, you have to, you have to spend time with them. Yes. You know, one guy at the moment and uh, Terry the Tegu, uh, we're, we're, we're putting a lot of work into Terry the Tegu lately. He hasn't been well. And we are doing everything in our power to keep Terry going. We have a marvellous vet in Shenick Veterinary Services, Marta. And uh, with her help, we have done wonderful things with Terry. But uh, he, we're, still, we're, still, we're still not there fully with him yet. So, yeah. uh, you know, he, Terry is a great character, you know, and a great old character. Now, here, I'm sure listeners are thinking, God bless that man's wife, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, like, she does a great job. Ah, she's fabulous. great. Like, she, Sandra works full time. She's a, uh, she'd be front line too in a chemist, mm. and uh, she uh, does a great job with the animals. Like her, her little forte with all our animals, looking after our guinea pigs. Right. We recently uh, homed. We actually homed five guinea pigs. Uh, they were taken from an area in the Bettystown area where somebody had let them out. Mm. And uh, we, we took them in. There were only two. Two of them didn't make it. One was badly beaten up. And the other guy just died of trauma. Uh, the other three we still have. So we have six little guinea pigs that she looks after. And uh, she does a marvelous... And she also has what's called a rainbow lorikeet. It's an absolute stunning little bird. And uh, she, he, he uh, every day she's out, or yeah, it is a she. We found out recently it was a she. She was laying eggs, but she comes out every day and she goes around doing all her little chores, feeding the animals, feeding the chinchillas and stuff like that. Yeah. So but she's, again, she's uh, she's great. She does great work with the yeah, animals. Yeah, and of course she'd have to be, you know, to uh, share her home with all these creatures. Here, a couple of things before we finish up. You're obviously working right through the day, cleaning them out, feeding them, caring for them. It's a full-time job for you at home. Do they <laughs> rest at night? Does the house go quiet? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It does like it's... Uh, Again, we have ways. It's it's mostly the parrots, uh, you know. Uh, feeding time in our house for us is approximately six o'clock, between okay. six and seven. Right. It's for that hour when the feeding, when we're feeding ourselves, basically the parrots also want. Uh, so they've learned it's feeding time. So there's a lot of noise at that time in the evening, you know. And then they but settle again, down. Then we settle it down, and it goes quiet till the next mm. morning. But you said it, Jerry. Jerry, this is an everyday job that needs to be done. And done every day. Like we haven't, we haven't been anywhere for nearly four years now, uh, looking after these animals because somebody has to be here yeah. to take care of what we have. And mm. they all live in our little house out in Beddystown. And uh, you know, we enjoy it. Not yes. everyone would. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but it is ours. And that's the main thing to say. That whatever rocks your clock, and certainly Absolutely. all these Absolutely. creatures do, Paul Bats. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there today. Paul's pet parties will be back, and we'll keep you informed on that one. Keep on doing what you're doing. You're a great fella. 
Cheers, Jerry. Thank you very much for having us. Not at all. Thank you for joining me on the show. What a wonderful man he is. What a range of creatures. Full-time occupation, and they do get asleep at night. I was curious to find out that. Late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show. The Roy Orbison story continues. And the giddy box, what's it all about? Stay with us and you'll find out. Big birthday today. Oh, big, big birthday. Vera McEnany is celebrating her birthday this very day. She's an avid LMFM listener and we want to send her our best wishes from everybody here at the station. And we've had a very special birthday wish for you, Vera, from the one and only, yes, the wonderful Mary Duff has been in touch and uh, wants to send her best wishes to you today for your birthday, Vera. And little Birdie was telling us, you're getting the COVID vaccine tomorrow. There you are. Two big days in a row. Anyway, Vera, very happy birthday. This one's for you. This Ah, beautiful. Vera McEnany, just for you on your birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Jerry, bathe your finger in salt and water. I've been doing that. And uh, take those tablets with food. I had a similar problem and it helped. The bloody thing with the tablets is that it says take them and then take food an hour later. Here's another one. I work in the business and if you're really that upset, uh, we'd advise you to contact your doctor to change the antibiotic, uh, suggesting the name of the antibiotic. I'll not even try to pronounce it here. Uh, Spot on, I'd say. Uh, Otherwise, take them when you're taking your meals, not before meals, as some say, or you could take uh, stomach protectant like Nexium with them as well. Hope that helps. Indeed, thanks for all the advice. I do appreciate it. Uh, Another one there, uh, my sister is a biologist and she'll always emphasise the importance of following the course of those antibiotics. So it's more, it's equally important to take a dose of probiotics after your antibiotics. This will bring you back to proper health and won't leave you feeling drained, says Jamie. Thanks for that. Uh, perhaps you need to get a tablet called pump inhibitors. The doctor usually prescribes them when you're taking strong medication. Ask your chemist and they might have uh, those. Uh, you might need a prescription, says Eileen. Thank you, Eileen. And another one there, again, suggesting two more there, uh, that the natural yoghurt is very good to take. I got a in the handover the last week or more and uh, I'm on the antibiotics that's why I'm talking about that there Teddy was on to say Jerry, well done on speaking sense about the teachers I have a teacher in my family and I will say they just need to stand in line basically I'm paraphrasing what Teddy said here and they will be vaccinated of course in due course uh, thanks for uh, offering your opinion on the airwaves today and enjoying the positivity always on late lunch well done Jerry says uh, that listener there this afternoon. Now, what else have I to tell you? Yeah, uh, the bingo is back. Yes, LMFM bingo is back. Radio bingo, it's uh, back on the 26th of April. That's a Monday. There'll be a daily prize of €400 and the jackpot is starting at 5000 with proceeds from the game going to the National Council for the Blind. Books will be available to buy online or in local shops from around the 16th. That's this Friday, the 16th of April. So for bingo fans, it's back on LMFM radio and helping a real worthy cause there as well yes thank you Mairead more Teresa all on the same line I, I have been bathing the hand the finger especially when the infection started in salted water I remember years ago we were just talking about this actually at home do you remember getting a poultice on your hand or on your finger if you had remember things did you ever get boils do you remember boils years ago they were a different of a thing used to get a few of them here and there it was you know and um 
or a sty in your eye. They used to say you'd all run down or whatever. But boils especially are a, if you did get a dock in your hand, to draw it out, to draw the dock out, they used to put a bread poultice. Do you remember the bread poultice? A hot bread poultice on it. Oh, Jesus, you'd jump when it... And you'd have to keep it on and eventually you'd come out and they'd get the dock out or squeeze whatever was out of it. No antibiotics in those days, but that was the bread poultice. I remember that. We were just reminiscing about it, talking about uh, my situation uh, the last few days. Might ring a bell with some people out there. Thanks indeed for all the kindness and advice as usual. Now we move on on late lunch. And you know, at this time every day, I feature an artist of the week. And my artist of the week this week is Roy Orbison. We were talking yesterday about Only the Lonely, his first major hit. Well, that propelled him into the stratosphere. He became literally a star overnight. So much so that he moved to the heart of the music scene in the US, yes, to Nashville with his wife and two young sons, to be there where he needed, he felt, to be. So he set up uh, home there and his next big hit, Running Scared, took a little time to get right but was worth the wait as it too went straight to number one in the US charts. It was followed by two more successful singles, Crying and Candyman. He was christened the big o and this is interesting people often wonder by who well it was by an australian dj on a radio station he gave him that name first and the moniker stuck forever he began wearing those trademark glasses he dressed in dark clothes and really cultivated an image of mystery and introversion around orbison and you know because of those glasses many actually believed that roy was blind but he wasn't he just wore them and there was this thing of shyness on stage came into play as well Elvis Presley became a big big fan and a friend of his and he was invited in the early 60s by the Beatles who were emerging at the time to tour with them as they hit the scene it was 1963 a funny story the first show uh, booked for that tour the Beatles and Roy Orbison was in Glasgow And Orbison decided he was the established act at the time. He should have been coming on after the Beatles. But in Glasgow, he decided to go out first. That was his own decision. Problem was, the audience didn't want Roy Orbison to leave the stage. And after 14 encores, yes, 14, (laughs) Lennon and McCartney had to physically... (laughs) remove from from the stage so as the Beatles could play their set. I'm glad to say, though, that was a one-off because things settled down after that and it was a wonderful, wonderful tour. The hits followed for Roy and today, let's reprise a massive hit from that big year, 1963. Roy Orbison, my artist of the week on Late Lunch and Brilliant in Dreams. Isn't the orchestration absolutely marvellous there? on that song and still so brilliant all these years later he had a wonderful voice what a talent was Roy Orbison and his music lives on and will live on forever he's simply simply brilliant more about Roy and his music on late lunch tomorrow round about this time Paulie you could be right I remember my dad saying this let Messi she said lick the wound and it will heal my father was a great man for that yeah for that a dog uh, whatever a dog had uh, in their mouth or around their saliva or whatever was good uh, to heal a wound you're you're on the on the mark there i'd say paula jerry 
toothpaste is great for drawing out anything like that in your hands as a listener. God, I've never heard about that before. There's a new one on me. Toothpaste. Anyone ever come across that in the past? You're great. You're great. Love hearing from you. Love all the suggestions as well and the kindness and love. I'm feeling it today on Late Lunch. Now, our final break of the day. And afterwards, we're going to talk to a man called Tomas Hannerty. And his new baby is the Giddy Box. Better late than never. 24 hours on, he's on the line. Tomas Hannity, hello. Jerry, how are you? I'm good. Will you tell them what the Giddy Box is? People are messaging me and saying, what is this all about? <laughs> so, the Giddy Box is probably the first uh, pop-up shop on the main Kingscourt to Navan Road. Uh, we're just sitting at kind of the crossroads between RD and Kells. And then sitting kind of between, centrally, between Kingskirt and Navan. Okay. Where did you get the name from? Uh, well, it was actually my partner in crime, uh, Root, that thought of the name. I'm not going to take any uh, any any bit of, of goodness out of that one. Uh, that was definitely Root. And uh, it was me that came up with the slogan, because uh, it was always going to be something kind of half-joking and uh, serious at the same time, so... Good man yeah, no, yourself. Absolutely. Well, it's catchy. It really is catchy. So this is, just before we get into what you're doing there, this is a, a change for you because you, you've you been involved in uh, something else in your lifetime. Absolutely. So uh, I, I suppose a previous lifetime, uh, I was in Cabra Castle, uh, down doing coffees, uh, doing the bar work mm. uh, down in, in the main bar. And uh, that was, that was kind of a previous lifetime. And then, I was working then for Lidl, then I moved on and I started working for myself um, and then I branched into DPD uh, just around COVID time, at the beginning of COVID time, uh, hence the reason why I met Eamon. And uh, then we were doing up the trailer all the time and it was coming together and it was getting closer and it was getting closer and then eventually we decided, okay, well, we're going to have to do something something good with this. So uh, hence the reason why we put a coffee, a good coffee into it. So we went with a, a brand called Marley. Um so we've done a good coffee brand, and my whole thing was that I wanted to try and get the best coffee, the best sandwich, the best milkshake, the best ice cream on the road, uh, and then just to try and drive people, as many people as possible, uh, to let them try it, and then obviously spread it through word of mouth. You see that name, Marley, anything to do with the singer, Bob Marley? It is, it is, it is, absolutely. So it's a son, uh, Rohan. Uh, so Rohan Marley has kind of taken the legacy of Bob uh, and brought it kind of to the next level. It's all about ethical, uh, it's all about sustainability, uh, keeping the, the kind of, the morals that Bob would have had at his heart, uh, but unfortunately couldn't carry it through his life, obviously passing away at 32. Uh, so it would have been the big one for Rohan to try and continue that through, uh, even down to every bag of coffee that's bought, it's, it's one tree planted. Yes. Uh, so what they're doing is they're investing the money back into the rainforest, it's an organic coffee, uh, and the whole thing is that it's a fully compostable cup. Uh, and that was that was a big thing for me because, you know, we're here for a short time. We have to try and look after as much as we possibly can. And, you know, coffee cups being thrown along the side of the road, everyone sees them. It, it, it's littering. You know, where I wanted to try and go, OK, well, if somebody brings this compostable cup back to me, we put it into a bin, we put it into a compost bin, it's recycled properly uh, and then brought back into compost, then, which obviously grows plants. I like this. I really like the concept and I like what you're doing there. So signature coffee, Marley, donuts, what else do you do? 
So we do uh, signature donuts, which is called a Cronut. Um, and basically what we've done is we've mashed the two together, uh, a <laughs> croissant and a donut, to come up with a Cronut. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 knew, I knew this was going to get you, but basically what it is is it's a donut shape with a croissant texture, and then we put all our toppings on top of it. So every day we change it up. We do Kinder Bueno, Happy Hippo, Tic Tac, Terry's Chocolate, After Eight, <laughs> you name it, we put it on top of it. A cronut. Everybody loves them. <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> we're, we're only in on day four, Jerry. just to let people know, we're only in on day four. Okay. We go through about 50 a day. Good stuff, good stuff. So you're only really finding your feet. What time are you there from on the side of the road? So six o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the day, Monday to Friday. Yeah, and then Saturdays and Sundays were there from ten until four. Good stuff. And there's nobody else along there. You're a first, and there's no issues with uh, which you're pulling up there. Everything's safe and uh, above board. There's about there's about an acre site here. Uh, we we had six trucks pulled up yesterday, quite safely. There was one guy sleeping. There was a couple of guys eating. Uh, we have toilet facilities here as well, so that if anybody needs to go to the toilet. And then the next move, once the restrictions get lifted and everything's kind of 110%, we're going to put in picnic benches and hopefully then with the walking track walking right past us, it will give the, the feasibility for people to be able to walk into us after the walk around Knobber and around Castletown and come into us for a quick cup of coffee and then shoot on. Tomás, you're a man of vision. You can see it. It's before you and you know what's uh, going to happen and hopefully it all goes your way down the road. Just before we finish, back to the DPT and the delivery and that. Uh, my God, those companies have been run off their feet literally, as you know, from the start of the pandemic with so much shopping going online. Was that a challenge in terms of, you know, uh, you know, being able to meet the demand? Yeah, well, uh, look, absolutely. Uh, no better woman to ask than my partner. Uh, I was coming home at, I was going, leaving the house at four or five o'clock in the morning. I was coming back at eight or nine o'clock in the evening. I was getting back up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it was literally just to try and get the parcels delivered mm. uh, on the same day to people. Uh, and like, you know, if you look at DVD from, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you order something in next by four o'clock it gets delivered the next day. And that's kind of what DPD aim to do in relation to all the drivers. So big shout out to them, fair play to them, to keep it going and keep it moving on the road because uh, it's definitely not an easy job, Jerry. Yeah, no, it's uh, a bit, and it's been a big challenge. And well done to all those customer-facing people. I've mentioned them several times on the show. They've uh, kept the uh, wheels moving at, at this difficult time. So look, at you're uh, away now with this giddy box. You're on the Navin Kings Court Road, 6 till 4, 10 to 4 at the weekends. Marley. Oh, yes, I even like the sound of that. Anyway, I wish you well, Tomás. Nice to chat to you today. Good luck for the future. Jerry, thanks a million for your time. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Tomás Hannity there. I love the name, the Giddy Box, isn't it? It's a good one. It certainly is. Anyway, that's almost a lot on the show today. Thank you indeed for your company through the afternoon. To all our guests and especially to Brian Farley, who's guided me safely once again through the last two hours. Thanks a million, Brian. Tomorrow on the show, Kate Gunn is with me. She's a fascinating woman. She's written a book called The Accidental Soberista. So you can imagine what that is about. Um, Yes, uh, she's... uh, not partaking in alcohol anymore and it's a great old story, I promise you. Nikki Kyle will be here as well. April in the Vegetable Garden. What should you be doing at this time? The Queen of Green will tell us and we'll have more besides. But we're going to leave you today with Eddie Caffrey on the way. Marley, 
Marley Coffee, Tomas Hannity. There's only one way to finish. It's with Bob himself. Three little birds. See you tomorrow. Tweet, tweet, tweet. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211, Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Boll & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Boll & Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bollandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.